Welcome to Standard Chartered Money Insights, a podcast series by Standard Chartered Bank that brings you market views and insights on the go. Hello, everyone. My name is Audrey, and you're joining me on a special Through the Noise podcast episode. In this episode, I will give you a special update on our latest capital market assumptions from the CIO team. In 2022, for only the fourth time in the past 150 years, both stocks and bonds lost value, with the 60-40 equity bond portfolio suffering a 17% loss. However, the sell-off last year has also created value, and investors are now able to capitalize on lower equity valuations and higher bond use to achieve attractive returns and meet their long-term objectives. Joining me today to discuss about our capital market assumptions and how investors can position their long-term portfolios are Hannah Chu and Tissio Tay from the asset allocation and thematic strategy team. So welcome both. Um, let us first start with Hannah. Hannah, are you able to share with us what strategic asset allocation means and how it differs from tactical asset allocation? Thanks, Audrey. Glad to be able to join the podcast today. So the Strategic Asset Allocations, or SAAs for short, is really about structuring an optimal portfolio based on long-term expected returns of asset classes with an aim to deliver relatively steady returns through investment cycles. So it can be tailored to one's uh, specific goals and objectives. And importantly, given its long-term focus and low frequency of rebalancing, this helps to avoid key behavioural biases in investing, such as an over-reliance on market timing, which can really hurt one's investment returns. And based on studies, the SAA is an important driver of portfolio returns as it helps to create a structured approach to investing while ensuring that there is discipline when taking advantage of the tactical market opportunities. So on the other hand, you have tactical asset allocations, or TAA for short, and this allows one to take advantage of the tactical short-term opportunities by dynamically adjusting weights in the strategic portfolio to reflect the shorter-term views of the current market and financial conditions. So this is a situation where you know we consider assets, um, where assets are in the business cycle, the expected inflations and other short to medium-term considerations. So thanks, Hannah. And based on what you have just described, I guess it, it is also reasonable to say that investors uh, should view the Strategic Asset Allocation, or SAA, as a long-term framework uh, providing a more structured approach for investors' decision-making and potentially helping to mitigate certain uh, biases or even overreaction to short-term market moves. Uh, but at the same time, you mentioned about uh, tactical overlays, and that is something that investors can do to take advantage of short-term market opportunities. Um, but what about capital market assumptions? What do they refer to and how do these assumptions fit into the development of our strategic asset allocation? And perhaps, um, Tissio, you would like to shed more insight on this? Of course. Uh, capital market assumptions, or CMAs, are, are our estimates of returns and volatility for major global asset classes over a seven-year horizon. This is in turn based on the broad outline for the economic climate within which we expect global markets to operate over a business cycle. However, we do not view these assumptions as forecasts or predicted returns. Instead, these assumptions are used as indicative estimates of direction, quantum, and ranking of likely asset class, asset class returns and should be viewed as the central tendency of forward returns. As Hannah mentioned earlier, deviations in asset prices from these long-run relationships are then exploited via our TAA. 
DCMA serves as one important input in the development of our SAA models and provide us with guidance on how best to construct portfolios that maximize returns across different risk profiles. Um, thanks, Yixiu. And turning to you again, Hana, um, can you share some highlights from the latest CMA and how it compares to the previous years for investors to consider uh, when constructing their long-term portfolios? Um, yeah, definitely. So, you know, our long-term return expectations on, market, on, on the asset markets have improved notably from over a year ago. Um, so the unwinding of negative policy rates across the globe has actually pushed bond yields much higher and equity valuations lower. So what this means is that our expected returns for a traditional 60-40 equity bond portfolio for over the next seven years has actually jumped from 3.6% last year to 5.9% this year. But on the other hand, volatility has also risen marginally across most asset classes. The rapidly rising inflation has actually led to central bank policymakers to increase policy rates, and this has impacted the asset prices, particularly in the bond space. So the risk of higher for longer policy rates means that volatility could remain elevated or that the positive correlation between stocks and bonds may persist. While that's not our base case, a prolonged shift towards positive stock bond correlation may reduce an investor's capacity to hold equity risk. Um, so you mentioned about improvements in long-term returns. Um, can you highlight some of the improvements seen across uh, key asset classes? Yeah, so let's have a look at some of them. So in our CMAs for 2023, we actually see cash as the largest beneficiary from a higher interest rate regime. So cash has actually seen a significant upward revision in terms of sharp ratios and the expected returns have actually been revised up to 3.8% from 1.4% last year. Looking at alternative strategies, they are also expected to perform much better as high volatility and cross-dispersion among risk assets improves the potential for alpha generation. The higher interest rates also generally have a positive impact on most hedge fund strategies and result in returns which are less correlated and helps to lower portfolio volatility. And when we look at bonds, so the higher cash rates and starting yields um, helps actually in terms of the expected returns for global bonds, which seen improvement by about 300 bits to 4%, although volatility has picked up across most fixed income assets. But if you look at today's um, return assumptions, we've actually revised out both our DM and EM bonds return forecast, and they're expected to return within a range of 5 to 7%. So in fact, um, our return forecast for DM government bonds are now much higher than what higher bonds actually were back in 2021. And last but not least, the expected returns for equities have also risen meaningfully compared to over a year ago on better starting valuations after the short fall in prices. Uh, however, the impact of a potential recession has yet to materialize in terms of earnings, and we do see a potential for downside risk uh, for equities this year. But despite this potential headwinds, equities are still expected to deliver the highest returns among risk assets. Uh, thanks, Hana. So that's quite a fair bit to digest. And to summarize uh, your views here, uh, basically cash has seen the highest, uh, largest uplift in terms of expected returns uh, due to the higher interest rates. Um, alternative strategies, uh, they are also expected to benefit from increased volatility in financial markets. And they probably have a um, greater role to play going forward as well from a diversification perspective. And of course, uh, bonds assets uh, are now offering better value compared to previous years 
given the much higher yield on offer today. And as for equities, while there are certainly near-term risk because of the risk of a recession uh, going into this year, um, the asset class continues to offer the highest returns among risk assets. I guess the natural question for me is, should investors just hold cash then, given the strong upgrade we have seen? Um, if we look at cash yields today, um, they offer returns anywhere in the range of 3 to 5%, uh, depending on which jurisdiction one is based in. Um, so what do you think of that, Tisio? Well, given the uncertainties surrounding growth and inflation this year, cash certainly remains an important hedge against a repeat of 2022 when both stocks and bonds lost value. Furthermore, cash also serves as a source of dry powder for future investments. And with the high cash yields they are now on offer, it does make sense to have a short-term tilt towards more cash holdings. But this is a view that should be reflected in your technical asset allocation, which Hannah touched on earlier. As part of your long-term SAA portfolio, however, holding too much cash can be a drag on performance and put your long-term goals in jeopardy. Cash is not, a, not as good an insulator against the effects of inflation as compared to equities, and it is also not as good a hedge against a recessionary scenario as compared to government bonds. Also, the high cash yields on offer would also not last. When central banks cut interest rates, expected returns will also decline. So over the long term, cash should be considered more as a strategic hedge and source of liquidity and not as a substitute for bonds and equities, which more consistently provide better long-term expected returns. Well, that's useful. So what can investors consider in terms of their long-term portfolio and also in light of what Hannah has outlined, given the improvements we've seen in returns expectation across most asset classes. So unlike the end of 2021, a baseline 60-40 global equity and bond portfolio can now achieve returns nearing 6%. And the higher expected returns for both stocks and bonds means that investors now have a more solid foundation for future portfolio performance. But the experience of 2022 has showed us the importance of diversification that alternatives can provide in portfolios. Although alternative assets are not as important as a source of returns as they were at the end of 2021, they are now more important from a diversification perspective. A rise in stock and bond correlation last year has made the 60-40 portfolio riskier, even if returns are now more compelling. In this scenario, bonds become less diversifying for the same level of equity allocation. Hence, while the improvements in expected risk-adjusted returns for alternative strategies are not as good as both stocks and bonds this year, Stock and bond correlation continue to remain an important consideration in how much equity risk an investor can take without creating too much portfolio volatility. For instance, when the correlation between stocks and bonds stay positive, investors may be tempted to reduce equities to the benefit of bonds in their portfolio. However, this may not be an optimal approach as a smaller equity exposure would reduce expected returns over the long term. Instead, a more optimal approach may be, may be to dynamically manage the allocation to equity through alternative strategies, which can take into account the risk of a sudden spike in correlations. Thanks very much both. And I think that was certainly a very interesting discussion uh, for me. So if I can sum up some of the key investment takeaways, um, the first is with the reset in asset markets last year, the returns across most asset classes have improved and that has provided investors with more choices and opportunities to meet their long-term returns objective. Um, the second is that with a diversified portfolio, including alternative uh, investments, that can now provide an optimum path to achieving long-term returns objective, given also the potential for higher correlation to persist. And certainly, alternatives uh, remain valuable in terms of diversifying risk and returns uh, with various liquidity options uh, for investors to consider. 
And with this, I will conclude our podcast today and thank you all for listening in. Thank you for listening to Standard Chartered Money Insights, a podcast series by Standard Chartered Bank. For more details on the latest market insights, subscribe to Standard Chartered Money Insights. 